Welcome to the Perspectives on Healthcare podcast, where members of the medical community from different roles, venues, and locations share their unique perspectives on quality healthcare, its future, and how to improve it. Now, from the Your Keynote Speaker Studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, here is your host, Rob Oliver. Thank you, and welcome to another edition of the Perspectives on Healthcare podcast. Today we are interviewing Erica Johansson. She has a powerful patient's perspective to share with you, and I think that you will be enlightened as you listen to this interview. So let's get right to it. Here's my interview with Erica Johansson. Welcome. What's your name? Thank you. Hi, everyone. I'm Erica Olinsky Johansson. Wonderful, Erica. And where are you from? I am in Dallas, Texas, or a little bit north of that in a city called McKinney. What? Okay. I'm just going to stop right here. And I've got to ask an important question. Um, I grew up in Philadelphia. Are you a Dallas Cowboys fan? I'm not. I mean, kind of. No, no, no. no. uh, (laughs) By default. By default. Your first answer was better uh, when you said you're not, because (laughs) as I grew up as a Philadelphia Eagles fan and, um, just the Cowboys were not my team. And so uh, the fact that they're, you're not necessarily a big fan of those, that is that puts us semi on the same page. And even if you were, I would still love you and still welcome you to the podcast. So thanks for being <laughs> Very here. Very good. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. Absolutely. Um, and, and let me just say that uh, for the record, I'm, I'm using a service called Restream.io and their studio has been fantastic. This whole thing has worked out wonderfully. And, and I really appreciate the the level of service that they've given me and the work that they're doing. But in the meantime, we're here to get your story. So let's start with this question. And that is briefly tell me about yourself and your role in healthcare. Absolutely. So I have been in the healthcare space professionally for about 15 years. Um, have had a lot of different hats in that world from business development to marketing communications. Um, Probably most notably, I'm the founder of the HITSM community, um, which I started in 2011. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I live live in the world of alphabet soup and acronyms. HITSM. Tell me what it stands for, please. Stands for Health IT Social Media. And it is one of the top 10 conversations for health IT professionals to chat with patients and providers and collaborate with one another on the future of healthcare. Okay. Wonderful. Pretty amazing. So then talk to me, um, is your, is your experience mostly on the, on the IT side of healthcare? Do you have like some personal experiences in the healthcare system or how did, can you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's been pretty interesting and my, my background in this space and, and future in this space is rather serendipitous. Um, having been in the healthcare world for about 15 years with a lot of different points of exposure in the care continuum, um, I actually found myself as the one as a patient myself um, grappling with a number of autoimmune conditions about five, 10 years ago. Um, I've since lost all my hair to something called alopecia universalis. Um, so I'm a patient in that regard, but probably most notably, I became the primary caregiver for my son, who is a brain cancer and stroke survivor. Um, after finding a tumor at five months old in 2019. Okay. Um, how's he doing? He's doing well. He's no evidence of disease. Um, but, you know, as cancer goes, 
unfortunately there was some collateral damage. Um, so as a part of the stroke and his recovery, he's now considered medically complex, um, despite not having cancer, which is wonderful. Um, but he has a trach and a feeding tube and 24 seven private duty nursing and a lot of um, unique needs, deaf in his left ear um, as a result of that, but otherwise is thriving, which is really wonderful. Yeah. Um, and so here's, here's my contextual framework for what you're saying. Like there is a list of limitations, but here's, here's my, my situation. Okay. And that is I've got a spinal cord injury. I'm paralyzed from the chest down and um, there's a lot of things that I can't do. And so when I thought about the concept of a Guinness world record, it was, you know, you look at the book and there are so many things in there that like, nope, not there. It would kind of be possible if I didn't have a disability, but because of my disability, it's just flat out impossible. But to say, okay, I do have abilities. What, how can I excel using the abilities that I have? And yes. that's really what inspired me. And I think that's, that's kind of the context that you're, you're framing your son in that he's got some limitations, but there are, there are milestones that he's achieving that are fantastic and that you're obviously so proud of. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. It's been my parenting philosophy has really been, let's figure out what his toolbox is and then get him to be the best possible person at using all of the tools in that toolbox. Okay. Um, that analogy, um, is fantastic. And, and I'm going to share with you why it's so important to me. Okay. Mm -hmm. When I had my injury, my dad had real difficulty with it and he get, um, he was sleepless and he felt like um, God gave him a story and the story was the master builder. And it's about a kid who, um, a young man who's the master builder is building a huge project. And he has a young man that's working there who has a brimming toolbox and is learning how to use those tools. And one day he shows up and a bunch of his tools are missing. And he says to the master builder, somebody stole them. And the master builder says, no, no one stole them. He says, I took them out, but don't worry about the tools that I took out because what I did was I selected the tools that I wanted you to master. And those, those are the hand selected tools that I have for you. And if you had the full toolbox, you wouldn't be able to master any of them. I've selected the ones that you will. And because I have work for you to do using those tools. And on top of that, I have places for you to go that you wouldn't be able to visit if your toolbox was full and heavy. So mm -hmm. I've, I've prepped you with the tools you need to do the work that I want you to and to go the places that I need you to. So your toolbox analogy is spot on. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, very much. Very much. Okay. Um, have you met any healthcare heroes along the way that, you know, people who are doing it right? Absolutely. I think that when I, when I think about who is doing it right, um, it's the people that are making space for the patient stories to be shared. Um, I think the future of healthcare, in order for it to be one that's serving of everybody, that's inclusive, um, that's embracing of diverse experiences, um, you have to be informed from what the patients experience themselves. If you're not informed, we're going to miss the mark. Um, so the heroes are those people, like, even like yourself, that are setting the stage for others to share their stories um, so that we can go into the future and shape a future of healthcare that's that's truly dynamic, but also um, sensitive and empathetic and understanding of the human experience, no matter how it might look. Um, some other folks that come to mind that I think are doing this beautifully are folks like Jared Johnson, um, John Lynn, Stacy Hurt, um, a lot of different flavors and how they approach this. Um, but I think for the most part, all of them are either 
committed to sharing their own personal story or making space for others to share their story as well. Yeah, um, and the, the names that you mentioned there, um, are they, tell me a little bit more about mm -hmm. them. Are they, um, they, are they podcasters? Are they social media? Are they like, where do they fit into the scheme of things? Right. Yeah, I would um, I would say all of them have been invested in this ongoing dialogue, um, mostly in the digital space, but obviously translates over into real world experiences, mostly through conferences and other gatherings like that. But uh, Jared Johnson, he's a podcaster um, and used to work for a healthcare provider um, within an in, in, in-house team. Um, but has since really, you know, uh, taken on this role of let's make space for people to share their stories and see how far we can go with that. Um, so both in his podcast and then also through his consumer-centered healthcare initiative, um, he hosts a monthly chat with a number of folks that want to join in. And, and it's literally that. It's a, it's a conversation about what the future of healthcare can look like if it's consumer-centered. John Lynn is um, a longtime contributor to the healthcare media landscape. Um, he is the founder of Healthcare Scene, which is an umbrella for a lot of other media outlets in the space. But he himself has a voice in the conversation, which I really appreciate as well. And is never phased to initiate uh, or start something <laughs> to, to, to make space for others um, as a part of that. Stacy is a dynamic voice in the patient advocacy side of things and caregiver advocacy. Cool. Um, what does quality healthcare mean to you? I think there's so many conversations around the future of healthcare being integrated and um, designed for 5G, IoT technologies, artificial intelligence, AR, VR, all these cool things. But I think where the, the future of healthcare exists um, in terms of quality would be truly family-centered care. I think we need to begin to look at our healthcare as is reliant on the networks in which we participate and are involved in. Our health is not possible in a vacuum. Any individual's health is not, and their well-being is not possible in a vacuum. We cannot do it on our own. So I think our systems and our uh, industry need to be designed in a way that acknowledge the reliance of that network and the communities that which we exist so that we're truly supported in that healing. So I think that the quality healthcare looks like family-centered care, it's human-centered care, um, and it's, it's recognizing of the human experience beyond transactional medicine um, that can look like art, it can look like music, and incorporating things like that as well as a part of that experience. Yeah, um, so you talked about integrated medicine. Um, can you talk to me about that idea? Yeah, so um, yeah, having come from the health IT world, um, I actually was in-house for a company for about six years that was one of the market leaders in healthcare integration. Um, so I had a lot of exposure early on in my career to HL7 and, and data standards and the conversations around what that looks like relative to meaningful use in some of these you know, federal uh, initiatives. Um, HL7? Uh, it's a it's a data standard for sharing data and how data is structured so that systems can communicate with one another. Uh, thank you. Sorry, I interrupted you in the middle of a thought, I think. That's all right. That's all right. Um, you can continue. I, yeah, if, you so, remember, if you provided you remember where you were. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. So I think you'd asked um, what what is really integrated medicine or really yes. integrated healthcare? What does that look like? Um, I think as we look at emerging technologies and what's possible with IoT and 5G networks and as just a starting point, 
um, and even artificial intelligence and bringing that in as a functionality and capability for a number of these solutions. I think um, integrated medicine is looking at relieving any of the transactional pieces as much as possible and leveraging technology to fill those gaps so that we can free up more of the human connection that I think truly brings value to the healthcare experiences overall. Um, and I think healthcare can't be this transactional thing that we understand as it is today. Healthcare in the future is truly more well-being oriented and supportive of wellness overall. Yeah. Um, well said. What do you wish your medical providers or your son's medical providers understood about you, understood about you or understood about him? There is little to no consideration that I may have a life outside of my, my role as a caregiver more often than not. Um, I heard some echoes of this in the, the chat you had previously before I jumped in the interview. Um, but one of the things I find most frustrating is that the, the providers and really the medical teams more broadly, so administration, um, it's the receptionist, they, there is a misunderstanding about how my time is used in the day. More often than not, people presume that my role and value is exclusively in service of my son, which in a perfect world, I would be able to do that. But I'm a single mother. Um, I do have you know, a partner and I live in a, a, a beautiful home, which I'm very grateful for. But um, and I have a lot of independence and I've built a career for myself that's afforded a lot of that independence. But my, you know, my time is as valuable as theirs. And more often than not, there is not a uh, empathetic approach to understanding that, you know, scheduling a radiology appointment might mean that I have to make five phone calls in order to get that confirmed with five different people on the provider side and none of which are talking to one another even though they all need to talk to one another in order to coordinate this, then somehow I'm in the middle of it. Um, and so that care coordination function, um, but also that I have a day job, that I have to be a mom, I have an older son that I have to do things for. There's, you know, oftentimes that's completely disregarded in terms of my role as a caregiver. Yeah, I, it's so difficult it, in which what you're saying is they need to understand that you are you're more than a diagnosis and you're more than uh, you know you're more than your son's diagnosis you're a family you're, you're you're a whole set of circumstances that go beyond just just okay and from my perspective there are two elements all right one is i'm big i'm more than just my disability but i'm also more than the presenting issue that brings me into the office today right because there's a there's a line there to be seen that I don't always go into the office to be seen because of my disability. Sometimes I'm going in because I've got a cold or because I've got, you know, whatever it is mm -hmm. um, that, so there are multiple elements to be, to be seen there. There's something very simple um, that I run into often. My son, because he has a trach, it means that I'm not capable of actually driving him by himself in a vehicle, which okay seems you know that you wouldn't really be able to do that but once you talk through it it makes sense that you need to have someone there to respond in case of an emergency as you drive so every drive i make with my son i have to have another adult that's either capable of driving the vehicle or capable of responding to my son in case of an emergency getting to the hospital without that resource is impossible for me and so often there's a lack of empathy with that as well sure um last question we are we are almost out of time. Yeah. That is, yeah. What is one thing medical professionals can start doing today to improve the quality of healthcare? Listen to the patients and understand 
what the families have to do um, in order to support the healing and well-being of everybody involved. Um, like you said, more than a diagnosis, your family is also affected as much and maybe doesn't have the luxury of diagnosing um, or receiving a diagnosis about how to get help and support in order to be able to get the most out of well-being for everybody. Uh, hey, listen, Erica, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you sharing. I appreciate your thoughts and I respect your perspective on healthcare. Thank you so much, Rob. It was a, a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Perspectives on Healthcare. Visit PerspectivesOnHealthcare.com to learn more about Rob Oliver or to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If this podcast was valuable, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes. Or if you tell a friend or coworker about the show, that would be helpful too. Join us again next time for more Perspectives on Healthcare.